This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Advancers, we got a special guest today, Tanya Silva. She has 12 years of experience in self-care coaching, athletes, celebrities, and Fortune 500 CEOs. Now her focus is on helping women redefine their relationships around food, exercise, and overall self-image so they can finally look, feel, and ultimately become their best selves. Yay, thank you so much, Josh, for having me on today. I'm really excited. I'm super stoked on this. So the topic of discussion today, with Valentine's Day being around the corner, is how to attract your soulmate. Yes. And Tanya is going to help us with that. I'm going to help you bring clarity to that. (laughs) I cannot, there are no guarantees on this podcast that you will, in fact, uh, be getting that within the next month. But if there's no guarantees, (laughs) Alex, let's just shut it down. There's no, you got to do the work. Let's get out of here. You got to do the work. We, We need those guarantees. Okay. Guaranteed. If you follow this guidance in this podcast today, you will attract your soulmate. You heard it here first with Tanya Silva. Cool. So Tanya, let's dive into that. Let's jump into the process or what you've, what your genius is. I believe your gift, uh, you know, we've had some short conversations. I believe your gift is kind of dissecting, getting over all those bandage, you know, the bandage results or those results that are superficial and getting really. Yeah. So getting to the root cause. Um, so I mean, so I've done over 12 years of self-care coaching and relationship coaching, and what it all comes down to is relationship with self. A lot of people don't understand what they even want. People have come to me like, okay, well, I want this type of a person. I want this type of a man. And I'm like, okay, well, what exactly do you want? And it's maybe like 10 things, maybe 20 things, and it's, you know, superficial stuff. But the first thing that I assign somebody is to get down to making a list what exactly do you want out of your perfect partner and yeah you might have some superficial things that you're going to write down i want them to be at this this height and to have blue eyes or brown eyes and brown hair or blonde hair and whatever whatever which Um, is completely okay by the way right yeah i mean it's fine definitely like i mean write it all down it's like journaling you're just writing everything down there's nothing wrong you should be unapologetic Um, of what you want in somebody. I do believe that you have to have a physical attraction because if you're looking for a long term, you have to want to desire them. You know, that's what keeps... It's the whole part about the intimacy. I mean, sex is very important in a relationship. Um, And so in order to have sex, you want to desire your partner. Mm -hmm. And so that's all we're talking about sex today, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But, But for the most part you have to identify exactly what you want and and talking about unraveling to the core like peeling back an onion sometimes you have to start with the first layer and the first layer is the superficial layer and that is appearance and and looks and what you prefer and then you can get deeper into the into peeling back even more and more and uh, what a lot of people don't realize is when you actually put a pen and paper to it and you write exactly you write it down a lot of people end up getting stuck. Like I know some people have taken like months to identify. And I think that's, so the first thing that I 
recommend is identifying what you don't want. What don't I want? What have been my past relationships? What did I not like about it? Why did it not work? And to write down the opposite of that because it's great to know what you don't want because that knowing what you don't want brings clarity to what you do want. And so it's very, very important to have that experience and knowing exactly what you don't want because then you know if you if and if you don't have experience, then you're just assuming. So av- actually going through an experience gives you right knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so you go, you go make that list, and then here's here's the catchy part. You want to know the catchy part? Yes. I okay. Know. So after you make your list of whatever, mine was like two hundred and something things. I don't remember exactly. But after you make your list, then you go back and you have to identify: Am I this? And I think a lot of people they miss that step. Am I this person? And if you're not, instead of trying to seek for things outside of yourself and being on all these dating sites and hiring, you know, this person to change your profile picture on your matchmaker doc. Wait, I don't know if I can say words, whatever, you know, dating sites, <laughs> dating sites. whatever dating site you're on, like to change your profile picture and to change your bio and to do this and that and to make you look great. You have to identify, am I this person that I want to attract? And finding that fulfillment inside of yourself and taking that energy and that time that you would be projecting and spending money on things to then put it into yourself and to become what you want to attract. And that's the missing link. And that's why a lot of people don't have long-term successful relationships. And when I'm talking about success relationships, I'm not talking about being married for somebody and loyalness. Now I'm talking about like desiring your partner, enjoying your partner. Your partner is your best friend. Like you are becoming better together. You are growing together. You are evolving together. And, you know, developing a family together if that's what you want, whatever you want, but you're doing it together and you're actually enjoying the process and that's what I consider to be a successful relationship. I love everything you said. And, and just to kind of bring perspective to this and awareness to it, the, you can get as intricate as you want, right? But the longer that list is, just expect the more time for that to, to come to fruition, right? Like as even in the superficial context, like there's 7 billion people on this planet, right? You could find oh, the exact now, person. <laughs> <laughs> you could find the exact person down to the length of their eyelashes if you wanted to, but be prepared to to really spend that time looking for them. And on the opposite end, right of the spectrum, also also delving into personal development to become that person as well. Because I, there's so many people, without putting a blanket statement to all men and all women, that are like, I want my you know I want my husband to be a, a multimillionaire. I want him to be super fit. I want him to be super attractive. Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And you're like, okay, but are you those things? And and as you said too, what you're explaining is outcome. Mm-hmm. So people are so focused on an outcome result. Like if you want to be a millionaire, you have to understand, okay, well, how are millionaires? Millionaires are for the most part driven. They're motivated. They're goal oriented. So now you're identifying the the qualities of that person, the characteristics of them that got them to that external, I call them extrinsic goals, that mm-hmm. outcome goal. And I mean, that is the result of. So you might even want to break that down a little bit more Mm -hmm. because you can marry a millionaire and it still be a dead-end relationship. And what that's called is a contract. There are plenty of millionaires that want, you know, a certain breed of a woman and she wanted Mm -hmm. that breed of a man, but that doesn't make it a successful, you're not attracting your soulmate, you just signed up for a contract. For a business. Yeah, that's it's a business deal, mm-hmm. which is great if that's what you want. Yeah, you know, but but at the end of the day, it gets old, yes. and 
and people still feel unfulfilled. And we're not talking about unfulfillment, we're talking about fulfillment. And that is part of attracting your soulmate, not attracting a man, not attracting a woman, attracting your soulmate. And with that, we're also identifying, learning how to be a complete person and attracting somebody to compliment you. And that's another big um, thing that is not identified in when people are looking for relationships, is they're not thinking about Am I a complete person, therefore attracting another complete person? And we come together and we complement each other. Who can I find to fill my empty holes? To complete me, yeah. Yeah, and that's those don't work. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I found that out at a young age. I read, I was super obsessed with, are you uh, familiar with Toltec Wisdom? No, sounds fancy. Uh, the Four Agreements. Yes. Yeah, The yeah. Mastery of Love, all sure. of those books. So Toltec Wisdom essentially says that. He debunks that from you know, ancient Mexican uh, mythology and uh, mysticism. And he kind of puts it in a, a, he articulates it in a way that everyone can understand. You know, two halves don't make uh, a a whole relationship. Two whole people make a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads directly into, you know, the topic of self-care. And I would love to get some, you know, some background and some context to that. Sure. From your story specifically, because I think it's amazing. I read it on your, on your website and oh, on your timeline. What so, did you read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about your journey in general. Yes, yes. Mm. Oh, quite a journey. I mean, it's so long, so many different um, segments. But in a nutshell, um, grew up with a, from a family of addicts. I was an addict myself with food addiction and, you know, had ended up uh, you know, with that, you have to hit such a like a low point. Ended up working, um, emerging myself into the fitness industry. Was in the fitness industry. My food addiction stimulated after a few bikini competitions, and um, just realized that I wasn't really taking care of myself, and I was abusing myself. And I think when people are getting into those type of industries, there's also like. I think before we talked about like there's multiple paths of getting to one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I know that's kind of going off. There's so many things to talk about. Gosh, um, I've had so many different journeys. Um, but I feel that being at that, that was when I was at my lowest point. And I do believe that when people have to hit s- such a depth of a low point in order to be receptive of realizing that you want to heal and grow. And so that began my journey of really understanding what self-care was. And that broke me down because I thought I was taking care of myself by working out and eating healthy and going on stage and being in a bikini. And, and But what I did is I went in bikini still looking for approval. Mm-hmm. I went up there to be judged because I was did quite, not feel that I was literally. good enough. Literally yeah. on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, vulnerable in a little bitty bikini on a stage in front of hundreds of people training for that to go on stage to be judged, Mm -hmm. looking for acceptance and approval. And I think it's such a similar concept to just life. And when we're, when we're dating people, when we're, when we're making specific decisions, we are, we do things to seek out approval or acceptance. And the only real time you're fully going to experience that acceptance is when you learn to accept yourself when you learn to love yourself and part of um the biggest part of relationships is developing a relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. accepting the space that you're currently in learning how to care for yourself through 
redefining your relationship around food exercise and overall how you speak to yourself on a day-to-day basis how you allow other people to speak to you who you engage in conversation with who your circle of friends are you know know when to be around certain people that you that you have have long-term relationships with and when to not be Mm-hmm. You know, when to say yes to that next business deal, when to say no to that big opportunity because you know it's not healthy for you, you know, emotionally, psychologically, uh, spiritually, physically. So I think that I started with that because that's what really shifted the way that I was taking care of myself. I thought I was, but getting back to the superficial stuff, like it was for superficial reasons. So I had to be broken down at such a low point in order to fully reshift my perspective of what self-love and self-care really, really was. I think you also mentioned this with having that awareness of, of yourself, self-love, self-acceptance, that there will be those missed opportunities where you could have already came across your soulmate. Yeah. And because you weren't, you said you're a big proponent of timing. Absolutely, yes. Could you touch a little bit on that? Well, I think it's like like when you say finding your soulmate, finding is still searching gotcha. for things outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you realize you don't need anything outside of yourself to complete you is when your completion phases begin, when you're when you start to really get in a space of fulfilling yourself and knowing that fulfillment is an inside job. And when you seek for things outside of yourself, you will never feel fulfilled because you're relying on outside people, circumstances, and events to satisfy you. And you're just going to be setting yourself up for a life full of disappointment. And disappointment is such a such a it's a it's a big thing that we don't realize that that we have that we're afraid of. And a lot of people are in hiding because of fear of disappointment. It's not fear of failure. It's not fear of um, success. A disappointment it all comes down to that word of disappointment. Okay, you know rejection. Why? Why are you afraid of being rejected? Because you're afraid you're going to be yeah, yeah rejection, disappointment. Mm. You know they're kind of all the the main things. But I mean I think it's still just looking for things to. You have to find what makes you happy and learn how to be happy now and how to find love in what you do in your life. Maybe it's just taking an Epsom salt bath at night versus watching television and numbing yourself. Maybe it's getting up an hour early to nourish your body and to reconnect with your body to work out so you can quiet the chaos in the mind so you're not operating in a state of anxiety all day long or depression. And you're learning to what it's like to live in the present moment. So those are little things specifically of what I'm talking about. You know, getting on, re- recreating a morning routine, recreating a night re- routine, turning off electronics before bed, you know, focusing on getting quality sleep so that you can function and operate at a higher level of yourself, at at your best self, and asking yourself, how can I operate and function at my best self? And what is my best self today? Not like 10 years from now, today. How can I feel good about myself today? Maybe for ladies, just put on a little mascara, a little lipstick before I went on this podcast. I just put on a little bit of lipstick. You know, I got some makeup on and I just... I feel good about myself and therefore I'm going to be projecting more confidence. And I do it for myself, not to look good for people. I mean, yes, it's nice to look good for people, but it's, I mean, that's like an outcome thing. So I do it for me so that I project an energy of confidence. So I feel good about myself so then I can therefore show up for this conversation, for my students, for 
my whatever I'm doing. Yeah, and and that that is so uh, powerful. And a lot of this is kind of thesis, and and we're talking in in terms of giving advice. But let's can we break this down to practical tips? Sure. So I mean, three step uh, process. I know you have that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So there's a there's a three segment process that I that I love. Josh loved it when I shared it with them. Mm. And um, we we're talking about judgment and acceptance. Well, how do you get to that space of acceptance? Because it's just so broad. And there's three steps that tremendously helped me throughout my journey um, and my process of self love and self acceptance and confidence is to acknowledge what you're feeling and the space that you're in. So to identify where you're at and how you're feeling. And the second is to become curious about it versus judgmental. Mm -hmm. And the third is to seek out solutions. There's a lot of times when you live a life which is your normal and you don't know how to recreate a new normal for yourself. So sometimes we don't even know that there's something we want to shift or change and we're blaming things on other people and we're like oh well it's that person or I I'm attracting you know I can't attract why can't I get a good woman or why can't I get a good man and it's we are not taking full responsibility for maybe it's something we're putting out there because clearly everything is about patterns Mm -hmm. and read and recreating patterns and so by acknowledging that hey you know what I do want to change there is something that's not working and you taking responsibility for that is the first step to identify that and then instead of judging yourself like I can't believe I do this all the time like why do I keep like attracting the wrong person and this and we just beat ourselves up it's just knowing that you you know what you know until you know better and it's not your fault and a lot of it stems from childhood stuff maybe it's the environment you were brought up in with your that was your idea or your idea identity of what a relationship is supposed to be like even though it's not desired or healthy that's just how relationships are and so therefore we take our parents shit or our so i don't know if it's supposed to curse but we take our parents stuff it's okay and we <laughs> thank you yeah. for the acceptance right, i accept <laughs> and you. we you are and forgiven non-judgment <laughs> and we take that and we bring it into our lives and so it's all about breaking patterns that don't serve us so if you're in a space that is undesirable Desired, and you can identify that and acknowledge it and then get curious about it. Where did this stem from? How did I create these patterns versus judging them? When you judge them, it's like you put things to a halt, to mm-hmm. a stop. Like there's no solutions. But when you get curious, well, this is a challenge. This is an opportunity for growth. Um, then you're, you're allowing open-mindedness and solutions to be brought into that space and then the third is to seek out solutions so if you're not capable and you have no clue of how to get from where you are to where you want to be that's where like experts like myself come in Mm -hmm. where we help help you see things that you can't see because everybody has blinders I've hired plenty of coaches I have plenty of people that have helped me with my with my they call it shadow work with your shadow traits blind spots yeah exactly all that stuff so and what that all that means if you're not familiar with shadow work is we have multiple layers of ourselves there's different versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. we have our highest self our best self in the yoga sutras it's called our purusha um, and then we have our lower energy selves, which usually we've picked up from parents that have been passed down. It's just our darker stuff. Maybe we don't even recognize that person of who we're, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been, sometimes you're like, oh, well, I, um, 
who is this person? You did something or you said something. Yeah. Like I, I said that to my ex the other day. I mm-hmm. said something because we were dealing with some like finalization of something that we had to resolve. And I was like, that was so out of character. That's not who I am. Yeah. But I was so heated in the moment because of other things going on that that was just the icing of the cake. And I was like, who is that person? And that was a, a piece of myself that I didn't recognize, but because of my awareness, I was able to turn it around in a very short period of time, like literally in like five minutes. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's my other personality. His name's Jay Benz. So he comes oh. out about like <laughs> half a bottle of tequila. So like you don't want him around. Yeah, he's, An- he's anticipate my very primal. suffering and don't go there. <laughs> he's my very primal self. So uh, <laughs> I get it for sure. That is so funny. What's that movie called? You just reminded me of a movie that we had to watch in high school. I think it was called Sybil. Where she had like all these different personality traits, oh, yeah. but she had identified with all of them. So I, don't I honestly know. didn't pay attention in school. So oh well, yeah. some things I did. So that so with there movies. was, mm, yeah, I don't know. I just remember that movie. There was like multiple personalities. <laughs> so I think the the point you're trying to make is that there's a direct direct connection between the outside world and the condition of our self esteem. And so once we understand that kind of our outside world or culture has conditioned us to uh, seek extrinsic motivation, seek extrinsic you know values, seek seek recognition or uh, acceptance from others, and then we have to switch that right, switch our lexicon and say actually it all stems from me. I have to accept myself. I have to care for myself. I have to love myself. I don't have to. I get to. When I do that. I choose to. I choose to. When I do that, my extrinsic world will also attract what I truly want in in that aspect of fulfillment, right? Because you can't, when it comes to self-care, self-care means you understanding what you need to be taken care of, right? Whether, like you said, it was an Epsom salt or just looking pretty or feeling beautiful. Uh, All of it stems back to to that awareness of what your needs are, what your wants are, and being able to express those desires and wants and needs to other people and in those relationships and showing up as your authentic self, which is really tough in today's society because we're, we're born to do the exact opposite, right? Consumer culture teaches us things that have nothing to do with fulfillment. Yeah, I think, I think in a simpler way to say, because you said it great, but it's very complex, is that... <laughs> You and and I like to make, I like, I like to let's I like it. to make things very simple and <laughs> kindergarten. Alex is laughing over there. So I like to say like you have to just take a moment and take a deep breath and ask yourself and be real: Am I happy? Do I feel fulfilled? And if the answer is no, then to identify what's going on, what you're not happy with. To take responsibility and to, to know that it starts with how you take care of yourself and that self-care is the foundation to self-love. And self-love is the gateway to attracting your soulmate or your external circumstances, your outside world. Do you want, can you re-say that again? I, I love don't that. remember what I said. And self-love is the gateway. Yeah, self-care is the gateway no self I don't remember this is we're what just, you said okay. we're just spit out of my mouth I'm on a I'm on a roll here yeah self-care yeah self-care is is uh definitely the gateway to self-love and self-love is the gateway to intimate relationships period so I probably said it better the first time but that's all I can remember it's okay so yeah I didn't mean to break your flow no I know I'm like in a flow here but I think what you were saying earlier too is it's also like we're there's a lot of distractions in the world and it's very easy to give our attention to um things outside of ourselves 
distractions, social media, comparing, judging, criticizing, whatever, whatever. But if you truly love yourself, you will build up other people. Mm -hmm. Because people who truly love themselves that are happy do not judge other people. They do not... um, criticize other people do they they do not hate on other people they do not bash on other people mostly they want to collaborate with other people like i reach out i'm like hey what you're doing is awesome keep up the great work let's like do a flow and you know and that really back in the day i'd be like who does that person think they are (laughs) it's true i'm this and that and whatever and it all comes from stems from jealousy and Mm. insecurity and i just had a podcast interview with um or uh, facebook live with uh with a student of mine and we were just talking a lot about insecurities and cattiness and it just stems from not fully loving who you are and so you feel that you have to criticize or judge or put other people down in order to feel better about yourself at the end of the day you're the one who loses it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect the other person you truly love yourself they're just like cool whatever (laughs) like they're just moving on with their Mm -hmm. own thing but yeah self-care and it sounds simple because it's a word but a lot of people just don't even know where to start it's a it's it's work it's a job Mm -hmm. showing up every day for yourself is a job to get up an hour earlier to go work out and to to you know, pay attention to what you're eating, to pay attention to your quality of sleep, like, because all of that affects the way that you function and operate. Yeah. And you're a huge proponent on a quality of sleep. Yes, you, very much so. And I think a lot of the research shows that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're one of my favorite books out and he does like a huge podcast is um, mm-hmm. Sean Stevenson, yeah. Sleep Smarter, Sleep Matters. Mm-hmm. And he he had like degenerative bone disease and he was on all these medic uh medicines and this and that at like 19 or something like this they couldn't figure out why he healed himself by focusing on quality of sleep the body regenerates and restores and heals when you sleep quality sleep of uninterrupted sleep we're talking about weight loss benefits all of that so i mean everything stems from uh how you restore yourself yeah it Mm -hmm. does sleep is foundation because your sleep affects your energy levels it affects your craving levels it affects your function i mean think about going and pulling all nighter like you do stupid stuff the next day stupid mistakes you respond you're sloppy you're you just can't operate you can't operate. So everything is about learning how to operate and functioning at your best self. And a lot of people don't take it serious because they feel that they're losing time. But in reality, you're actually gaining quality time because you're faster, you're smarter, you're clear, you're healthy, you feel great about yourself. And therefore, the time that you do have that you are up, you are able to show up mm-hmm. at your best self, not a second rate version of yourself or somebody else you show up fully yeah and a lot of people don't show up yeah i'm convinced a a large portion of the population doesn't understand how good their body is designed to feel and if you've if you've never had good quality sleep if you've never had good diet if you've never had you've just never really been into nutrition or deep health it's really hard to quantify right it's like explaining to somebody what water feels like if they've never swam. And that all comes back to creating a new normal, just mm-hmm. like relationships. Creating a new normal for yourself and the only way to experience is to, to is to experience it and to shift it and to, you know, like if you can't figure it out, hire somebody to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't want to um, they think they know. And I think that closed mindedness, like we went back to the three steps of acknowledge, okay, if you tried it for so long you realize it's not working and you're not successful with it get curious about it and seek out help, seek out solutions. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not designed to figure things out. So if you want something, you see somebody who has what you want, 
ask them, pick their brain. You know, everybody has a different thought process and usually the success principles and the blueprints are the format is usually somewhat the same. You're, you just plug in your own what's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree. And I I know you've said in the past, your body does not define your self-worth, but it is a reflection of your self-care. Yeah. I love that because we we're in a really interesting point in time where the body positivity movement, and I love the aspect of that that is rooted in compassion. But at what point do we need people to take accountability and say, you can't fake health? Definitely your body does not determine your self-worth, So, but mm-hmm. it is a reflection of your self-care. I, yes. That is definitely something that I've learned throughout my journey from overcoming 60 pounds of unwanted weight mm-hmm. and food addiction and really building a healthy relationship with myself and my body and my appreciation and my respect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is that big movement, the body positivity. It, there is a lot of confusion around it. I yes. do believe there's nothing. I think the main gist of body positivity is to accept the space that you're in, the body that you're in, to love the body that you're in, and as a reflection of loving your body is to nurture your body with foods that allow you to feel the way that you want to feel in your body every single day. So it's all about alignment, aligning yourself with the words, being nicer to yourself, kinder to yourself, and also who you allow and how you allow people to speak to you and to treat you. And that that's all a reflection of self-love. So it does come out into the external. It's like a you know, a back and forth, but it stems from what you allow, what you allow into your body, whether it being words or food or, you know, hydration and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you'll, I know I'll be on Instagram and see pictures of people promoting body positivity in there. I mean, your body is a reflection of how you're taking care of yourself. And if, if you're, if you're binging on pizza and ice cream and cake and you're posting body positivity, that's body abuse. Because I I'm, can say from firsthand experience of being a compulsive binge eater and being 60 pounds of holding on to extra weight that I didn't want, I never felt good in my body. And that wasn't a positive thing. That was abuse to eat to the point where I numbed myself. It's all a chain reaction. Everything starts from your physical well-being. Because if you're not taking care of your physical self and having discipline and structure and routine, because discipline equals freedom. You can't be all over the place. Is that Jocko? The what? Jocko. I mean, I... Have I, you heard that before? No, no. Discipline equals freedom. He's no. He's, anyways, sorry. All right, well, there you Dang, go. I alignment, alignment. So yeah, discipline does equal freedom. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I hated the word discipline for so long because I thought it meant deprivation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. You have to have discipline in order to get from where you are to where you want to be in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it does require, and that is all discomfort. It's growing pain with everything because it's recreating a normal, all coming back to reshifting a normal. Yeah, It's just because like what your normal now is not going to get you to the normal that you want to experience with the relationship, with your finances, with your body, with everything. You have to really think differently. And when you're thinking differently, you're going to have a tug of war with your mindset Mm -hmm. and with your behaviors because we don't want to leave what's comfortable. And that's something I'm working on right now with a student. And he's very successful in all areas, but he's not fulfilled. Yep. And I'm like, it's because you've settled because... You know, you're not you're you don't want to experience the pain of the growing pains because that's how you recreate a new normal. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Period. Yeah. Period. That's that's the the formula for growth, right? You can't continue to grow if you're in a state of homeostasis, if you're in a state of comfort. To create a new normal for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. 
That's beautiful. I love all of that. So you said something pretty crucial when we spoke earlier that no matter the diet, lifestyle change, or even when you said having those blueprints from other people, if you're not aware of like your triggers of identifying words, emotions, and feelings and connecting with that to express those, you're always going to self-sabotage in your experience, in your expertise. Self-sabotage and giving mm-hmm. a clear understanding of what that is. Yeah. So. We self-sabotage because it's a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. Even though we're engaging in a behavior that is not yielding to the results that we want, mm-hmm. um, it does serve us on a subconscious level because it it gives us an emotion that we crave behind it. So everything, I look at everything as like an equation. Okay. And so if you're wanting to feel, for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. So when I was binge eating, I was binge eating because I would be presented with the two emotions that I was able to identify with was um, overwhelm and exhaustion. And I do notice a lot of people who do emotional eating or they're eating when they're not physically hungry. So emotional eating is just eating when you're not physically hungry. Overexhaustion, that's going back to sleep. And then also um, severe overwhelm, not wanting to deal with the emotions that I'm feeling and go through and do what I have to do so I would binge eat stress eat whatever and even though I didn't want to do that it was my tool my tool for the outcome of what I was really searching for that was not in food was relief so what I was really craving wasn't like a jar of peanut butter or a gallon of ice cream (laughs) or oreo cookies Mm -hmm. it was relief the emotion behind the substance. And the substance can be alcohol. It can be popping pills. It can be smoking a roach, you know. Yep. It can be... Yeah, substance abuse <laughs> isn't just it's, alcohol or it's drugs. An, it's it can another be outside thing mm-hmm. looking to um, fulfill you or to give you that relief, which is fine. There are healthier things like exercise and breath work and... Um, meditation and different things to give you that source of relief and actually just going through the activity um, of whatever you're trying to for me I was always just a big procrastinator um, to do that you can find relief in different areas but to be able to identify the true emotion and that's that um, the whole point is getting back to self-sabotage is self self-sabotage has a lot to do with a subconscious a subconscious thing not a conscious thing but we really self we self-sabotage because it still serves us with whatever end emotion that we're really seeking and that comes back to the three rules that are the three golden rules that I always identify with is to acknowledge or identify to get curious versus judge and then to seek out solutions so it's it's, it's a three-step it's simple but it's not easy exactly so yeah, yeah. Well, all of this information is amazing and you're giving practical tools and tips to my community, The Advancer, so we do appreciate it. I do want to touch on this new webinar you have launching soon. Yes. Let's let's dive into that. Oh, We're curious. It's going to be thebomb.com. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm really excited about okay. it. I've been wanting to do this webinar for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I have been giving this information out to my students for a very long time. And the results have been phenomenal. I've applied the results myself because, I mean, as a coach, I have to. I mean, I don't have to. There's a lot of coaches (laughs) that don't. But I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. It's Mm -hmm. not easy. It's very rewarding. And it is very rewarding like anything. Like I said, it's learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty behind exercise and 
you know, the discipline and stuff like that and the structure. So yes, the webinar I have is how to attract your soulmate. It's going to be, I believe it's going to be around Valentine's. I haven't exactly set the date yet. We're still working on some technical things with the easy webinar platform, Um, but it is going to be the second week of February around Valentine's Day. And if you want information, you can visit and sign up for our newsletters at www.tanyasilva.com. Sign up for the newsletters, send out newsletters every Monday, and I will definitely update you on the exact date and time. So really excited about that. I'm excited too. Are you going to be on it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I'm already okay. attracting all my... Let's talk about that real quick. So <laughs> soulmates, and I love the the esoteric or kind of the mysticism behind soulmates. But as of late, I'm convinced that Buddha refers to heaven on earth as nirvana. But I'm convinced that if everybody dropped their walls, if everybody was self-aware, everybody vulnerable, vulnerable, authentic, all of that kind of tied into into one of just being authentically yourself, that that we could literally have these deep connections with every human being we pass, like everyone. Alex and I could be soulmates, you know, to a degree, obviously. Um, there you go, Alex. You know, I'm just saying, like, in general, like, if He's everyone like, just dropped those walls, <laughs> I think it's a very limiting uh, limiting belief to, to think that there's only a handful or one human being on this planet that we could have those deep connections with. Again, this is, I'm playing devil's advocate. Sure. I'm not like, hey, I'm this all is, about debating. This is, you know, this is yeah. set in stone. There's sure. no other way to think about sure. it. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I agree to disagree because people are not, not everybody deserves to have your attention because okay. not everybody's doing the work. And a lot of people are sleeping. But if everyone was doing the work, this is what I'm saying. Oh, if, if everyone, everybody was doing yes. the work, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's all about love. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I think I had to learn the hard way. And sometimes people were like, why are you so hard? Or why are you this and that? And I'm definitely like this year, my resolution was to be more open minded and exploring, like, not saying no so much, um, mm. and not thinking that I know everything. Even though I do, not just kidding. <laughs> That's kind of hard because you know everything. So no, I don't. Um, but I, I've had enough life experiences to know a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Plus, working with people has definitely um, helped. If everybody were to do the work and to learn to take care of themselves, because taking care of yourself is the first step to loving yourself. Because if you care about yourself, if you love yourself, you're going to take care of yourself. You're going to fuel your body. You're going to move your body. Um, everything has its placement. Then, um, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because I know that's not going to realistically be the case. Okay. Not, You're a realist. Not in, not in my lifespan. That's okay. for sure. I mean, not at least not in my not lifespan. Right, not right now, anyway. But the possibility, do you think the possibilities are? Um, I think there, I don't think so because... <laughs> Here's why. Because there would be no fun in life. Life throws us obstacles and distractions in order to make the ride more fun. Some yin and yang. Okay. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. And if everything were were a downstream or an upstream or whatever, the easiness, there would be no stimulation. There would be no lessons. And a lot of that comes back to the Yoga Sutras. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's called Maya, illusion appears over and over and over again patterns until we learn the lessons but that's how we gain the experience and the knowledge and the appreciation when we overcome them and the excitement because it's like thinking about setting a goal and achieving it 
you just the, the the sensation that you feel is just so rewarding so if there was no never any challenge or conflict or whatever because people are just a reflection of who you are so if you're hanging around certain people instead of blaming everything on other people coming back to taking responsibility for yourself that's a reflection of who you are so there's some work that you need to do you know and and unfortunately sometimes i mean fortunately what does happen is when you start to shift which would ha- which is what happened in my relationship of eight years and um, with my divorce was that the person wasn't, he was exactly what I wanted when we met. He was my soulmate list because I've been doing this listing for a while. He was that, but now that I've, I've changed, Mm -hmm. what I want has shifted and we did try to work it out, but you can't change people. They have to want to change themselves. And I think that's another big thing that, that people try to do is they try to change people and save people and you have to you you can't control that you can only focus on you and give it time and be patient for a certain amount of time and then you have to know when to take another route gotcha that actually uh, brings up a whole nother topic i know on relationships we probably had like five (laughs) different topics in one so what are your beliefs on life lifelong relationships and do you think the current structure of how we define relationships should be redefined? I'll give you an example. You just articulated that you found your perfect soulmate, according to the list. No, no, the first uh, one. The list. Yeah, the first list. But well, the, when I made the list, but you it guys wasn't... weren't growing together, and then you guys grew apart. Would you say it's okay to? And this is where the institution of marriage comes into play. This is where a lot of other controversial topics can come up. But without getting too deep into it, do you believe truly that two people will be cohesive and aligned for the entirety of their life? And in your experience, is that a thing? Or is it is it inevitable that two people over long, like long term, I'm not saying that long term relationships don't exist because they sure. obviously exist. Yeah, yeah. But over time, <laughs> instead of having such a defeated outlook on, on relationships after 20 years and yeah, I just mean, bowing out. I don't believe in just bailing out, especially bowing. or oh, bowing. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you're not, not bailing. Like, Isn't it the same? No, <laughs> no. <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, definitely different. You know, that's the feminist in me. <laughs> I ain't bound for nobody. I, I bound for no man. Um, no, surrendering definitely is a mm-hmm. good space to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've experienced both and I didn't appreciate what I had when I had it because I was too young to understand what I had. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that I wasn't able to keep it because now I understand and I see things and I am the the woman that I am today. I do believe in soulmates, but when I met my long-term last relationship of eight years, which led into marriage, he wasn't my soulmate. Mm-hmm. He, I still, even though I was, I made my list and I was working on it, he still helped me learn to love myself even more. And it was a different type of contract. And I helped him with a lot of things too. And, and we helped each other. So we were a team. But I don't believe we're, we were each other's soulmate. Because we were still, we were together working as a team to grow and to become people that we wanted to become. And then when the time was right, we had separated. And I think sometimes it happens, especially when you meet somebody so young or when you're younger. Because in your 20s, 
You're just exploring life. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who you are at that time. And I suggest to all everybody in their 20s is to just mess up as much as possible. <laughs> Learn, Gary Vanderchuk grow. says that all the time. Like explore and experience and fail and me- and because it will bring so much clarity to what you want. Like you have to know what you don't want in order to f- I mean, you have to experience and explore and realize okay, that's not what I want in order to really know to have right knowledge discriminative discernment of this is what I want and that's why people say who are all about law of attraction in the universe is like be very careful what you ask for Mm -hmm. because sometimes you you don't always really want (laughs) want what what you've asked for for. but the only way to really know that is to go through the experience Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that that's just part of life's journey yeah you know and just to accept it without judging it you know, you're not a bad person because of this and that. And you're not a failure because you got a divorce or this and that or because you couldn't make it work. You just have to accept our journey together is over, mm-hmm. you know, and and both agreeing on that. Not saying we didn't do the work like we went through coaching for and then separation for years. So it was like a two year process of actually trying and stuff like that. And I don't believe in just giving up on stuff like but you have to know when it's time to take a different path. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's intense. But at the end of the day, are you fulfilled? It's truth. Yeah, it's truth. Yeah. It's truth. And, you know, it all comes down to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That's it. At the end of the day, whatever you, whatever you, however you lived your life, if you can live your life with as little regret as possible, that's a successful life. Yeah, and, and, that comes and with that's experiencing yeah, things. and that's my personal experience. People mm-hmm. might have another view on it, and that's totally fine. That's your life, mm-hmm. you know. But the, from what I know, totally you know, subjective for sure. Yeah. Well, Tanya, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Overlooking so much. this beautiful view over here and giving some straight gold to the, my community, we appreciate it. Where can we find you? What's your social media links? Sure. Uh, Instagram on Instagram at Diet Junkie. I know it sounds sue so, so against what I do. I did it on purpose. It Diet totally junkie. contradicts what I do. But it's, it's duality. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like total opposites. So it's D-I-E-T-J-U-N-K-E on Instagram, Facebook, similar. That's the page. And then the website is www.tanyatanyasilva.com. And I send out free blogs every Monday at 8 p.m. So Full of great content. Yeah, lots Check of awesomeness her out. coming. All right, thank you again. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We are building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters, those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.